Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. Ezekiel 37, a last day's Bible prophecy that's coming true right now. These are exciting times. We are witnesses to Bible prophecy being fulfilled right now. God keeps his promises, especially those he made to the nation of Israel. Therefore, it is important that we, as born-again Christians, read and understand end times prophecy so we can warn the lost that there is no time to waste. Let's dig in. It's Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. The sovereign Lord says, look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you. 
and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Reunion of Israel and Judah. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, take a piece of wood and carve on it these words. This represents Judah and its allied tribes. Then take another piece and carve these words on it. This represents Ephraim and the northern tribes of Israel. Now hold them together in your hands as if they were one piece of wood. When your people ask what your actions mean, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take Ephraim, Ephraim and the northern tribes and join them to Judah. I will make them one piece of wood in my hand. Then hold out the pieces of wood you have inscribed so that the people can see them and give them this message from the sovereign Lord. I will gather the people of Israel from among the nations. Not just the one nation, Babylon, where they are. From the nations. I will bring them home to their own land from the places where they have been scattered. I will unify them into one nation on the mountains of Israel. One king will rule them all. No longer will they be divided into two nations or into two kingdoms. They will never again pollute themselves with their idols or vile images and rebellion, for I will save them from their sinful apostasy. I will cleanse them. Then I will tr they will truly be my people and I will be their God. My servant David, or Messiah, we learned that yesterday, will be their king. And they will have only one shepherd. We met the good shepherd yesterday. They will obey my regulations and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land I gave my servant Jacob, the land where their ancestors lived. They and their children and their grandchildren after them will live there forever, generation after generation. And my servant David will be their prince forever. And I will make a covenant of peace with them an everlasting covenant. I will give them their land and increase their numbers. I will put my temple among them forever. I will make my home among them and I will be their God. They will be my people. And when my temple is among them forever, the nations will know that I am the Lord who makes Israel holy. Ezekiel 37. I've been so looking forward to doing this one because it's happening now. To my blog, and I have embedded a tweet from CBN News that reads Ukrainian Jews immigrate to Israel against the backdrop of precarious situation at home. And there they are, getting off a plane, being welcomed with little Israel flags. So they're coming from the Ukraine. And a few years, a couple, uh, last year, I think, last year, the year before, or a couple of years ago, um, when there was a big anti-Semitism disturbance in France, a lot of French Jews moved to Israel. And um, they're coming. They're, they're coming from all over. They're moving, they're moving back to Israel. Now, in, in a little bit here, I'll give you some figures. So this is a future hope for Israel. So this is being written in 585 BC, or was written in 585 BC, a year after the destruction of Jerusalem. 
The surviving Jews are in exile in Babylon. Ezekiel sees a valley, but it's also called a plain, like the plain in Genesis 11, where the Tower of Babel was built. Ezekiel, as a priest, must have felt strange because he knew that being near dead bodies made him unclean. God is showing Ezekiel a prophecy of the future to give hope to the exiled Jews. The exiles felt like dry bones, hopeless. The prophecy gives them a future hope. God will resurrect Israel and his spirit will breathe new life into the nation. His chosen people will return to the promised land. The dry bones represent Israel as a dead nation, but God has the power to bring it back to life by breathing his spirit into them. Bones, dead for over 2,500 years. Wow. There is a hope that God will remake humans to love God and others. The restoration will happen in two stages. First, we have a secular nation, which is represented by the bodies looking like people, but they were still dead. The nation is in a sinful state. It was fulfilled in 1948 with the creation of the state of Israel. Though it's alive, it is secular. A dead language is revived. A barren land now blossoming into farms and groves, a land of conflict reborn into a rich and prosperous land, though it is still dealing with conflict. And you can click on over my blog and I've got videos with the latest news. God breathes his spirit into the bones and they come to life. In Hebrew, the word breath is ruach, spirit or wind. The second part of the prophecy where God breathes his spirit into Israel won't happen until the 144,000 are chosen after the rapture and during the great tribulation. God will use 144,000 to evangelize to the remnant of Israel. Now, these were the same two steps when God created man in Genesis. God exerts his creative powers again. It's an event of creational proportions. After the resurrection and before the Pentecost, before Pentecost, John writes that Jesus breathed on his disciples. We find this in John 20, verses 19 through 23. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That was John 20, verses 19 through 23. In Jewish history, there are no coincidences. So the Jewish population growth in Israel. So after World War I, there were about 50,000 Jews living in Israel. 1922, 83,000. By 1935, there were 300,000. 1948, which is the, the, um, the start of the state of Israel, 640,000 Jews. 1965, 2.2 million. 2016, 6.1 million. And the latest figure from the fall of 2020 is 9 million. 450,000 Jews. From death to abundant life. The bones were scattered, very dry and old. They weren't organized into graves. 
God asked Ezekiel if these bones could come back to life. Now that's something a human brain could never fathom. Death in those days was final. However, he knows that God can do anything. God then tells him to prophesy, talk to the bones, and supernaturally they come to life. The life came from the four winds. This will be a reinstatement of the new covenant for the Jews. They will be regathered and regenerated. First, regathered in a sinful secular state. Then they still need the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, spiritual regeneration, which is only available through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now, this is all reflected in the book of Revelation. So in Revelation 7, um, which reads, Then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds. So they did not blow on the earth or the sea or even on any tree. And I saw another angel coming up from the east, carrying the seal of the living God. And he shouted to those four angels who had been given power to harm land and sea. Wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. And I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. Revelation 7, starting in verse 1. And then in Revelation 14, we're deeper into the Great Tribulation. Then I saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion. And with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. That's Revelation 14. And if you want to dig deeper and read those, click on over to my blog. But that will happen in the middle of the Great Tribulation. Gratefully, we don't have to wait until the Great Tribulation to receive the Holy Spirit. That is part of the new covenant that is that Jesus makes with his born-again believers. The old covenant is obsolete. And if you don't believe me, you got to read it in the book of Hebrews. I've got a Bible study on that. Remember this. God can do anything and he keeps his promises. We are living in the end times. It should not be frightening to you if you are a born-again believer. We have a confident hope that we will be removed from this earth to not have to face God's wrath and judgment. Look around at the news and we'll get into it more with the next two chapters. It's Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog and Magog war. Wow, and there's so much information on this. It's incredible. And, and we're like, is it happening now? Is it happening now? Wars and rumors of wars. They're the birth pains. They're, they're getting ridiculously stronger and more frequent. Today is the day of salvation. If you're not sure of your Savior, not if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven after you die, that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment. This is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Um, and in the bottom of today's blog, I embedded two very appropriate um, uh, recent worship videos. One is called Rattle, which is, is just about the rattling of bones. And the other one is Come Alive, which is uh, Dry Bones by Lauren Daigle. Um, so click on over to the blog and check those out. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.
Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please. Let me know if it helped you. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know. Only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version or NKJV and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian book distributors and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready?
Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.